set. Places, everybody. And action. guys you're listening to black girl film club a podcast where two black women discuss movies i'm Brittany, and i'm ashley and on this week's episode we're discussing blowout from 1981 directed by brian de palma and guys as you can tell from the sound of my voice i am excited to talk about this movie with ashley mm-hmm <laughs> This is probably one of my favorite movies. If you've like visited my letterbox, it is like listed as one of my favorite movies. You can only have spots for four, and it is one of those four. Mm. I am kind of going to go into why, but I love this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. I love it. It'll probably come out during the discussion. It most definitely will. Knowing you. <laughs> it will. It will. <laughs> so I have seen this movie before. I actually watched it for the first time last year, I believe. But Ashley, was this your first time watching it? Yeah, I um watched it twice this week. I watched it once last week and didn't take any notes. <laughs> so then I rewatched it. Well, actually... Part of it was kind of like, I was like, this is giving me the vibe of another movie that I like. And I'm going to rewatch that movie and then rewatch Blowout and see how I feel about them. Um, so I did that today. Um, so yeah, this is like kind of the first, this is definitely the first time. I feel like somebody, I think it was Lauren. Shout out to our friend Lauren. Um, I don't know what she's going by on Twitter now. I feel like it's like Robert Mitchum's. That could change tomorrow. <laughs> it might. But, I think that's it. Yeah, but she always gives pretty good um, recommendations, particularly for like older movies. Um, I always kind of like keep an eye out like on what she's watching and what she's kind of um, into because usually they end up being like really good. And I feel like she recommended this movie to me a while ago and I like put it on my never ending list. Um, and then recently they actually put this and a bunch of other movies on uh, the Criterion channel as sort of like a, what is it like caught on tape that's the theme so like I a lot think of, so yeah yeah like a lot of surveillance and um, paranoia um, themed movies which I only got to watch like two I am I was gonna watch uh, what's the other one it was like Diva which is like a French one it's mm-hmm. got like a black opera singer in it so I was like let me uh, push play on that but it's I probably will end up watching that sometime this week. Um, but yeah, to answer your question in a long-winded way, this is my first time watching it. <laughs> so before we get into like the genre that it falls under, since we still are in November, mm-hmm. do you want to like kind of distill a little bit or discuss what the movie is kind of about? Yeah, so this movie is about a guy named Jack Terry, who is played by John Travolta. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And he is a sound effects tech for movies. I don't know the, like, the specific, um, I guess, term or job title that he has. He calls himself like a sound guy, 
But basically, he's the kind of guy who, like, goes and researches and finds um, good sound effects for movies. Um, and they kind of put him up, like, they add them in in post. So one night while he is researching and recording sounds, he um, is a witness to a car accident. And um, from that car accident, he's kind of thrown into like this this conspiracy because the accident had to do with like a politician um, who was about to get laid <laughs> by, uh, with someone who was not his wife. So it um, there ends up being a, gi- a giant cover-up and he kind of dives deep into this this kind of conspiracy to figure out um what exactly well he knows what exactly happened but he's trying to get people to believe him that it wasn't just a freak accident that was actually an assassination and it's a ride it is a ride (laughs) and a half (laughs) so we like pick this because um, our last episode was a Strangers on a Train, which fought, fell under like being a traditional noir. Mm-hmm. And this movie is from 1981, so this would be a neo noir. Yeah. Um. So Ashley has done some research into what kind of guideline, like what are the rules for movies to be considered a neo noir movie? Because in our last episode, we kind of went into it and we found out a lot of different movies fell into this category too many like, and we were like oh wow too many like it would take forever to go over the ones that are considered but i'll do like a little like backtrack on what constitutes like film noir and then what is neo-noir so film noir was actually coined way back in 1946 by a film critic called nino frank and then it was popularized by two French critics called Raymond Ford and Etienne Chamoton. Um, and it, okay, come through. Okay, I've been practicing my French. Actually, this is the first time I've t- like cracked open any French in like a month since I got back from France. <laughs> like, ooh. But anyways, um, so it was applied to like crime movies, mostly in the 40s and 50s. Um, and it had to do with like kind of an art deco visual style, um, lots of like darks and shadows. Um, and there's also like purveying themes, which you can go into, but neo-noir is kind of like that revival and it really kind of, I mean, I think they break it up between, um, like classic noir kind of going up to like 1959 and then everything from like 1960 onward is considered like neo noir. But I think it kind of got its its sort of name probably like in the 80s. I think so. Um, I think they kind of are taking basically neo noir kind of takes these old like classic archetypes like the hard boiled detective and etc. And they kind of like either like revive it or they like reimagine it or they switch it up. Um, and so then you get neo-noir because they don't all follow like the traditional, um, styles or themes or the themes have evolved. So like a lot of things now, um, a lot of the characters are very like, they've they've become more cynical in a way. Um, I read that kind of had to do a lot with like the kind of the cold war and how people were feeling 
like post fifties because she, like shit was kind of going, <laughs> she was kind of getting a little, little dicey. Um, there's a lot of panic. There's a lot of upheaval in the sixties in general too. So, I mean, um, also like violence in the film be- evolved and you can show way more violence. <laughs> the violence in strangers on a train was kind of like real, real, real tame. Um, Mm -hmm. compared to, like, the movies that I'm going to list um, in a second. But a lot of times, like, neo-noir is kind of applied to, like, mainly any crime movie, which I thought was kind of funny because when I was going through it, I was like, I guess you could call that noir, but um, not every noir movie has to do with crime. I think that's kind of, like, the big plot point, um, mainly because it, it shows like a uh, like a destruction of innocence, and then there's usually like someone who's like seen some shit, and just <laughs> they are just like cynical or kind of um, jaded. You know, yeah, jaded. Jaded is a good word. Um, so like a lot of the common plots and themes and tropes are sort of like crime or crime investigation. You got heists or con games, murderous conspiracies, or people trapped in unwanted situations. Good things would be like revenge, alienation, loneliness, paranoia, um, the loss of innocence, rather of the self and of like society. And then you've got sort of your your typical characters like your hard world detective, corrupt policemen, you got fam fatales, you got down and out writers. Um, and usually in these movies, there's like <laughs> because some a lot of them are mysteries or crime thrillers, the co- the storylines can be kind of convoluted, which has always been the thing that kind of sets me up like away from these because I'm like oh god I don't want to like not know what the hell is happening for two hours and then all of it get wrapped up in like five minutes <laughs> which happens with a lot of these I feel like those are not the successful ones um well so you got like flashbacks you got voice over, over narration a lot of cigarette smoking um this like they they're usually set in like really urban cities so like you know New York or Chicago or LA um, and the city is kind of presented as like a maze or as like some kind of like, like a kind of a place like you're kind of trapped in. And also they, it tends to rain a lot in these movies, although not in the movies that we just watched, <laughs> but, um, in a few of them they do. So some notable examples, um, and these are divided from like the sixties to 1989. So you got blow up, which inspired Blowout and the conversation, which I have not seen blow up. Um, I don't know if it's on the Criterion channel. I'm going to have to double check. I feel like it would be. Um, you've got Purple Noon, which we talked about in our last episode. Dog Day Afternoon kind of <laughs> applies, which we, we've de- talked about. But I think it's because of like the moral, moral ambiguity of like the main character because he's not a good person. But then sometimes you root for him and then sometimes you don't. And he's kind of like kind of like an almost like an antihero type of characterization um so you kind of don't really know what to do with him sometimes um you've also got the samurai um which stars purple noon's elaine delon um and you've also got blade runner the original uh excuse me the original blade runner and chinatown which is a crazy ass movie (laughs) And, and then from the 90s um you have way more movies that i recognize which is like basic instinct you got cape fear the remake, um, you got Fargo, you got The Game, which is also a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, I just watched that the other day and, and I was like, I was like, Fincher, what are we doing? <laughs> and I love David Fincher. I've seen 
almost every Dave Fincher movie, with the exception of Aliens 2, I think, or Alien, whatever, the sequel to Alien. I think he did, was it that one or was it the, the third one? I think he did Aliens 3. Okay, yeah, okay. My bad. Yeah, so I haven't seen that one, mainly because I can't find it. Um, But once I do that, then it's science-filled and delivered. Uh, So um, you also have Pulp Fiction, you got Blue Velvet, um, and you got Seven, which is, you know, the good. (laughs) What's in the box? What's in the box? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and then from the 2000s, you got Brick, you got City of God, which I thought was really weird. Because now these movies kind of do, like, the kind of real dark. Like, I feel like the long, the the farther away from, like, the 60s, like, the closer we get to, like, the present day and beyond, more more of these movies have a lot to do with, like, color. um, And it's more of, like, the characterization, I feel like, of the characters and and the themes and the plots. Rather than it just being like a super dark movie. Because um, you also have some movies like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which is actually like a comedy. And also, um, I mean, that one's kind of, And then like the Nice Guys that came out in like the 2010s. Those are kind of more of like comedic send-ups of the genre. Um, and I enjoyed uh, the Nice Guys a lot. Although I cannot tell you what happened. <laughs> I just remember being entertained. I might have been pulling an all-nighter, so, like, take that with a grain of salt. Um, and then you got some things that, like, kind of mesh genre. So you got No Country for Old Men, um, which is, like, a Western, but it's still kind of, like, a crime thriller. Uh, and you got, like, more of the graphic type of movie, so, like, Sin City. And then, so, 2010s, you got, like, Nightcrawler, apparently John Wick, the entire John Wick series. I can see that, because he's... He seems like a good guy, but he's also killing a lot of people. <laughs> and he is fucking people. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you also have um, Drive, Blade Runner 2049. Um, I saw Widows, I guess, for like the heist portion of it. Also, it is a really dark the movie. misdirection with certain things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some sort of, there's a lot of like. I mean, we're rooting for you, but also this is a bad thing to do. Um, and then you have two movies I I am met about, which is Inherent Vice and Under the Silver Lake. Which oh. those, those movies are pretty bright, I would see. Um, I saw like a, um, a term called neon noir to deal with stuff like um, Miami Vice and those kinds of movies. Um, and I feel like they're not as like cheesy and like super eighties like that, but they're still very brightly lit um, movies. But I just did not really like them both, <laughs> especially not in here advice. So, um, but yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those movies, uh, like the characters are very like alienated, or they feel very, um, they feel very paranoid. Usually caught up in some conspiracy that people are like, "The fuck is wrong with you?" Um, and then I skipped over. Um, one big director, which is <laughs> David Lynch, <laughs> which I've been real. I realize now, like going through his filmography, a lot of his stuff that he does have has to do with neo noir, and I don't know if we'll ever know why because he doesn't like to tell people <laughs> why he does anything. And um, I love it. I actually I love really that like he that fucks too. with people. He does not care enough to like 
tell you or like he just kind of I feel like he just wants you to give you your own interpretation and so he's just like no I'm not going to tell you um yeah I, I feel like he has like a he has like a, a you know I feel like the the wheels in his brain like he knows that he he wants to see and what he's doing but also like if if the audience doesn't get it he's like well that's shit. on you tough shit man <laughs> I'm not explaining it because then I feel like if you explain something, you guys like kind of you're like hold you know like people hold you to that for like the rest of your career. It's just like nah, enjoy. It. Um, but you have stuff like Blue Velvet, which I mentioned, I think. Um, Twin Peaks, which he's got like Twin Peaks the show and Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me, which I mean, Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me is kind of a ride. <laughs> I'm not even sure entirely what was happening. <laughs> but Twin Peaks, especially like the first season of Twin Peaks, I really enjoyed it. Like it took me a while to get into it. I basically had to say like "fuck it" to the pilot and be like, "You're just gonna per- like we're just gonna push through and persevere." And um, I really like it. I liked um, and you can see so many shows that have tried to do a Twin Peaks. Like people kind of shit on Twin Peaks and they shit on David Lynch. I think. Um, for being kind of like hard to understand or whatever. And like, I get that, but also like the amount of TV shows that bite. They want what he has. They want what he has. <laughs> um, because I mean, how many surreal shows are there now or like psychological horrors or, or shows that are like entirely based on like the supernatural or just like some weird shit happening halfway through it. Like, you know, as the girls like to say, pay homage. <laughs> And then you have Mulholland Drive, which we were considering today, <laughs> or at least for this month, we were considering watching that. Um, but we feel like it was too early or not early. Maybe it's too late in the year for our brains to melt. Maybe we should start fresh for that fresh brain melt. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all know my brain is already <laughs> <laughs> a little melty on its own. So got to be a little careful. I've watched Mulholland Drive one time and I was like, okay, okay. And then like, you know, you get to that part where it shifts and you're just like, what did I do? What's, what did I, what, what happened? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> and that was before I knew about like Twin Peaks or any of that. So I was like, huh? <laughs> I was very upset. I feel like now if I watch it, um, I feel like I would I would like it and understand it a little bit more. And now that like I can kind of let my brain just kind of like, okay, this is a David Lynch thing. You know nothing about nothing. Just let it happen. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, girl, <laughs> what just went? What? What? Where was the shift? I wasn't expecting that. So, um, but yeah, that's like a kind of an overview of neo noir. I I mean, there's way more movies on that list that either kind of like semi-qualify or like completely qualify. I think if you want something that's like closer to like classic noir or kind of play up that whole thing, maybe like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think. And Brick too, although I didn't really enjoy Brick when I first watched it. So if you do go for those, um, let me know how they are. (laughs) I haven't watched those in years, so. I, I started I to reevaluate it. in preparation for this episode. And then I was like, baby girl, you got to get some sleep. And I so mean, I went to sleep. I real. mean, 
real cozy like you know you don't have to you know force yourself into it because sometimes you just have to sometimes it's good to rewatch movies like i mean we've been rewatching movies and you know getting our third eye opened and then sometimes you're just like no nah, keep that closed yeah I, instead i watch like blow up three times anyway wow <laughs> Um, did you watch the interview on, like, with Nancy Allen? I sure did. And the interview with the, um, what's this guy's name? Noah Bombat. No, I didn't watch that one. I was like, I'm not watching it. That was, uh, I watched 20 minutes of it, but it was like an hour and something. And I was like, baby. Yeah. Again. I, I was like, no. You gotta love yourself. <laughs> um, but I did watch the one about the steady cam, and I that did. was interesting as well yeah i did not know that was like a recent invention within like for that. just like for this movie well he used it on the shining before oh so he used i thought it. it was like he was like perfecting it and it was like perfected for blowout i think he what he said was that he i don't know when exactly he um invented it um me and google about to have a little um little uh discussion we'll see how it is um but uh i know that he he said he got a lot of practice with it um for the shining because he said that he um because stanley kubrick did so many takes of things that he kind of um, that he got a lot more practice with it because it says here it says um, it was introduced in 1975 okay so I think The Shining came out in 1980 so he probably would have gotten like a lot of practice (laughs) yeah Um, because working with um, Kubrick was very 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 difficult didn't sound very difficult Mm-mm. did not sound fun um i don't know what the first movie he, he used it on i don't know did we just mention the guy's name his name is garrett brown by the way yes um not totally sure what the first movie he used it on oh i'm sorry okay here it's from from a movie called bound for glory in 1976 and it is a woody Guthrie biopic so um but he's in like like chase scenes and that kind of thing and it ends up being used in um in blowout in the beginning oh it says in the shining um stanley kubrick wanted the camera to be barely above the floor so they had a low mode so basically they um could i guess do it like below the waist instead of because <laughs> i don't know how you would do it beforehand you probably have to like crouch down i don't think that would be very steady (laughs) so that was um i guess that was when he did his most innovating on the thing but he has a ton of different versions now i know he has the one that does like it like shoots like football games and stuff like it floats around the fucking stadium or something and he's got one that shoots like in like water too so I was like, oh, this is a lot of learning that I'm doing. Because <laughs> I didn't under- I didn't get, I was like, why are we talking about the steady cam? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, the beginning. Um, so, yeah. So, the, the interview with Nancy, um, she kind of gave her, like, take on 
the whole shoot. And I thought it was interesting that she said that Brian De Palma liked planning the movie, but he didn't like shooting. He didn't like doing it. Yeah. Same. Same here. (laughs) Planning is fine. (laughs) Once you gotta actually execute, it's like a fuck. As Ah. a writer who let's not get into what's actually written like planning out all of my stories is super fun like coming up with characters coming up with scenarios coming up with the story yeah girl let's do this mm-hmm. <laughs> writing it bitch yeah it's i feel like, like that was like design because i sketch a lot and then once you ask me to put it on the computer and like actually have it like perf- like you know executed i'm like oh shit no and it takes me like twice as long because <laughs> i'm like oh no <laughs> no um but yeah so nancy said that when john travolta like got attached to the movie like the movie turned into like this big old thing because the studio was kind of like oh like i guess banking on his like star power um and so they added, like, that parade and all that stuff. So then, like, it turned into, like, a big old sort of circus, basically. Um, I think it's because Brian De Palma didn't want to, like, have to deal with a whole lot of people. Because a lot of work. Like, you're, like, corralling people and, like, setting up timing and all this other crap. And, like, we could be focused on, like, the nitty-gritty parts of the of the shoot. Um, and did you see the, the marketing for it? <laughs> Oh, so bad. <laughs> it looked like fucking like Three's Company. <laughs> like they have them like sitting there like back to back. And I was just like drinking milkshake. Like it looks like they're like drinking milkshakes and shit. Yeah. Sharing a Coke and a smile. Yeah, it was. I was like, who in marketing? What were y'all doing? And. Um, and then there was like the big deal about it being like released in the summer because they wanted it to be like a summer blockbuster, and that wasn't really smart because it's not a blockbuster. It's got elements of a blockbuster towards the end, but like it's not really. They did that basically because of John Travolta. They were trying to get his big fine energy to make them some money. Oh my god. <laughs> Hi guys, <laughs> this might be a first episode. I guess this is oh, this is the first episode for Brittany. <laughs> this is the first episode for Brittany. I guess because this is after Carrie and then Greece. Greece can't come out like three Ooh! years before this. Yes. Is that the only reason why you like Greece? Yeah, like Greece is the only musical I actually like. Shame, shame. The only, I mean. Shame on you. I'm pretty sure if I watch like older ones, like with, what's that man named that be like, do, 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 Gene Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) That's my impression As I sit here loving that short Virgo man. (laughs) You know, that's my impression of Gene Kelly. Just me waving my finger like, do, 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 do. You know, Gene Kelly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure if I sat down and watched a Gene Kelly movie, I'd be like, yes, bitch. Like, I would get into it because I know that's talent. But I have not watched one. So, therefore, my Gene Kelly is John Travolta. 
Wow. That's disrespectful. It is. That's why I couldn't finish the sentence. You knew you were wrong. You knew you were wrong. (laughs) You knew you were wrong. Mm -mm. I couldn't even do it. I'm sorry. That was, was, I'm sorry to the ghost and the estate of Gene Kelly for saying (laughs) my Gene Kelly. (laughs) It's John Travolta. But at the same time. Oh, my God. I mean. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) John Travolta can throw ass. And he can act when he feel like it. Okay. When he had hair, it was luxurious. When he had his wigs, if it was a good one, it was okay. Now he said, fuck it, wig off, and he's still fine. So it's okay. I mean, he's, what, 65? I mean, who the fuck has time to be laying wigs in their 60s? Aunties and John Travolta. But He he does not have time anymore. He decided to let it go, so it's fine. Mm, I mean, that's fine. I don't know when his, like, career, because, you know, his career took, like, a decline. I'm trying to see, like, which movie did the the deed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because I guess they had, like, a sometimey, it's a, they had a sequel to Saturday Night Fever, which I didn't know. It's called Staying Alive. Yeah, that doesn't sound like something that should have happened. I mean, uh, it's okay movie. It's an but, okay movie. Yeah. Like, this is my childhood, Ashley. Is it an okay movie? Beca- oh, I'm sorry. I just saw that Rotten Tomato score. <laughs> I When I grew up, 0%. I watched Carrie, and I was like, okay, there we go. Carrie, boom. We watching Grease. Okay, we born a hand drive. Okay, okay, Sandy. Oh, Sandy. Okay, I got you, John Travolta. You could kind of sing sometimes, but not really. But I feel it. All right, you dancing. I I love this. And then you go from there. Since I was a youth in the early nineties, I used to watch Look Who's Talking. I was about to say this. The only one I recognize is Look Who's Talking. I don't think I've ever actually seen Look Who's Talking. And then it was like Mikey's not daddy is fine. It's like, okay, so this is just what it is. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, because, you know, like, he had, like, his big slump until he was, in, like, in Pulp Fiction. I guess that was, like, that's largely, like, the movie that people say, like, brought him back to, like, the spotlight. Because from going to whatever these movies are. <laughs> and A lot of them are trash. Like, Yeah. But then he got nominated for an Oscar for Pulp Fiction. Apparently. That was his, like, role that just popped him back out there. Yeah. Along yeah. with um, an orientation to Scientology. You know what? I thought I was going to be the one to mention Scientology, but you were. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, he didn't hold on to them soup cans for nothing, Ashley. Oh, God. Okay? That picture. Christ, okay. Of holding cans, it doesn't have to be like that. It don't have to be like that, sir. You're almost in your seventies, like. It do have to be like that for him. He but don't know no better at this point. Like he didn't give that them people probably billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's between him and Tom Cruise. Those are their two mm-hmm. big, big stars. 
which is crazy. He probably know the alien secrets for real. He probably didn't dapped up Zenu them. He probably know. <laughs> Zenu personally probably told him to take that fucking wig off. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta edit that out. I'm not going to. <laughs> he was like, he probably was like, I mean, he's still like, like out here. Take that shit off. He yeah, in, he was out here. He's because he was in the fanatic. You didn't even like that movie. Don't even try to bot. Like, don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> this is stand behavior. Brittany said that movie was garbage. <laughs> it is garbage. I watched it. It was not good. I was gonna say he was in the People versus OJ Simpson. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he did really well in that. People liked it. So I mean, hey, he be getting checks. Yeah, and he still makes he makes music like for real. That's weird. Oh, that is weird. Like, who the fuck paying to hear that? But I mean, he has his last album was a Christmas album. Last album? Yeah, he made he's made albums and he's had singles. He had a lot of singles in the seventies, particularly in nineteen seventy six, because he had an album, self titled album, reached number thirty nine. Um. On whatever U.S. chart this is, oh, the Billboard 200, sorry. And then um, his last album came out in 2012, which was a Christmas album with Olivia Newton-John. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, but okay, I know what's come. I'm gonna add that to my Christmas playlist. Okay, look at her about to put it on Spotify. About to go Mm -hmm. nosy on over to Spotify. Christ. <laughs> so, um, I guess we should get into the movie because we've been talking like, for a long ass time. <laughs> How about John Travolta's wigs? It's Scientology. Listen, I love a good wig, okay? I hey, you do. I do. I am frequently seen in one, but like, <laughs> I mean, you know, do what you gotta do, man, to stay in the game. Yeah, this is 1981, so this is his hair. Like, this, this is, is his, his hair. hair. Yes, it's very slick back. Um, it's he very looked chill. good. He did look good. Uh, sometimes I was like, John Zavolta has a big ass head, but then. Yes, it's a biggin. <laughs> but then sometimes I was like, hey, this is all right. <laughs> he was kind of, he wasn't like a thicky, like, he wasn't thick, thick. He was like, no, thick. He wasn't. No, I don't. Was he? He wasn't like thick. He was like he was kind of skinny. Yeah, he was like thick. Like when I look at pro wrestlers, like they thick, (laughs) but not like I'm. I'm about to say, yeah, no, (laughs) not like pro wrestling thick, but like you know, like well put together. He's well put together then. Uh, Okay, I'll take your word for it. Take your word for it. He was well put together like when he wasn't perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis. I have never seen that movie, but... You should watch it. Oh, that's the one that you and Dabble are always talking about. And I'm always like... (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) Everyone should watch Perfect with John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis. If you're on Twitter, you have probably seen clips of it because it is Is this the one when he's in the workout very, thing? Yes, it's very erotic and yeah. sexual, but he's it's like, not all the sex scenes. It's literally just the aerobics. He yeah, it's in him in aerobics class and he's like in he's not in aerobics gear. I feel like he just put on like 
some Hanes. He's wearing a gray sweatpants and a like a red sweatshirt, and he is slanging that dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did I think he was like in some tiny little like shorts? No, he is. These aren't sweatpants. They're like tiny shorts, but like they're sweatpants they shorts. They might as well be tidy whities They might as well be gray tidy whities because a ball would have come sliding right out of there. I mean, it was always a threat in the no, whole it, film. When you say it, sweatpants, and during the eighties, in the eighties, it was always a threat. I see why his career was going crazy. <laughs> it's bad. Okay, what is this shit about? <laughs> okay, so back to Blowout, 1981. Mm-hmm. So, boom. We open with this Steadicam of, yeah. like, I love the opening of this movie because it looks like my heart. It, it looks, looks like-, like we're watching a horror movie. And I was like, I love this because it looks like a bad horror movie from the late 70s, early 80s. I think it's supposed is, to be like Halloween. Is it like. is. It's supposed to be like a poorly done Halloween. It was. <laughs> it, it exactly was. Um, so it's like opening. You're from like, as the viewer, you're the POV of the killer. Mm-hmm. And... You're in a sorority house and you're going through like each room and seeing what the sorority girls are up to. And it's just like all the tropes of like a slasher in the 70s. So it's like nudity, sex, drugs, rock and roll, all that stuff. Masturbation. Yeah, I was like, oh. Straight rubbing it. And I was like. (laughs) She was What? I guess at first I was like, what is she doing? But then I looked closer and I was like, no, she's she's just straight rubbing one out. And I was like, but there's a strange man in your room. You don't notice that girl. <laughs> she was too busy. I mean, shit. But like, he was breathing kind of hard. Like, that's yeah. how I always think about like Michael Myers and shit. And I'm like, bruh, he's so goddamn loud. <laughs> He's so loud. Oh, my God. Nobody notices. <laughs> this heavy-footed man. <laughs> and breathing. Breathing behind his mask and shit. Like, are you kidding? But you know what? Suspend your belief. <laughs> That's what you got to do sometimes. Suspend your belief. Yeah. That's part of the fun. Yeah. Um. So... Eventually, like, it pulls back into, well, we get to a part in the the movie where the killer is meeting, like, the actual victim. And he is meeting her in the shower, and he's going in to stab her, and she has a raggedy-ass scream. It's like... It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's- and... Then we as like us as the viewers are pulled out of this fictional movie into our actual movie. um, And we're introduced to our protagonist, who is a Jack Terry played by John Travolta. Um, And he's talking to the director of the film like, okay, wait, what's going on here? Like, did you dub this scream? And Jack is like, 
no, that's her scream. He's like, what? That scream is terrible. And he's like, I know. And he's like, we have to find another scream because that scream is shit. I did not. This man, the director says, I did not hire this girl for her scream. I hired her for her tits. And I was like, when you hear what when you hear what the movie is called and like I was like, oh, these are low budget because what was it like? I think this movie is called Coed Frenzy. But they have worked together on Bloodbath, Bloodbath 2, Bad Day at Blood Beach, Bordello of Blood. (laughs) And that's why I was wondering, like, did Bordello of Blood, I think 1996, get the name Bordello of Blood from this? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I didn't know there was an actual Bordello of Blood, which makes me upset. Yeah, it's a Tales from the Crypt movie starring, this is the one with um, Dennis Miller. Okay, so... It's about um, vampires. It's not good. I see Chris Sarandon is in this movie. However, I will love myself and not watch it. So, uh, maybe. I would Self-care, be Ashley. I'm proud. I mean, hey. But not watching that. I mean, there's so many other things to, to waste time on. <laughs> and that does not seem like something I need to go looking for. Um, but yeah, all these movies sound cheap as fuck. And I think at one point in the movie, he's like, yeah, these movies aren't good. They don't sound good. But they could be gems or they could be like Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. Is, is that a real movie? That is a real movie. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, just if any of y'all are discouraged about the movie making process just i mean you just heard it here first there's a movie about a bed that eats people uh yeah it (laughs) gobbles them up and britney sounds like she's watched it more than once (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i love horror oh my god oh gosh um so yeah so like i said before he's the sound guy he records these effects for movies um and he's like tasked basically with like finding a new scream um but we also see him like um kind of organizing his his like library i guess and so he's got like um a lot of different types of sounds that can be used he's got his whole um i guess like studio basically of like tape and he's in there labeling them and and that kind of thing. And then at the same time, there's this whole, um, I guess there's a whole like side, pl- not side plot, but it becomes like the main plot basically. But um, there's like a, a news about like a governor that's going to challenge the pre- like the sitting president, which I never said who the sitting president was. It just said president. On the TV. I love that. <laughs> that way it doesn't date the movie, Ashley. It doesn't date the movie, but then it does. I mean, the movie, it's like, it's the early 80s. Like, it's going to date itself. <laughs> so, um, he is expected to announce, like, his candidacy at like, this, like, Liberty Bell, like, Jubilee or Centennial or something like that, where they're going to, it's a big deal about, I guess it's like the, um, First time in a hundred years that the Liberty Bell was rung, I believe. I don't know if this actually happened. I feel like they got that shit like locked up somewhere for the rest of time. 
Isn't the bell like fucked up or something? It has like, to be. Like for real, for real? I think they have like a, um, because I've seen, I want to say there's like a, a replica that they have hanging out. I don't actually know for sure, but I know when I was a kid, I went and saw something that was supposed to be the Liberty Bell. But now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't think they would have that out for the public to to interact with like that. <laughs> Especially like now, now with like, you know, acid rain and shit, like just eating away at our monuments and history or whatever. Um, but I did like this part when they show like Jack is recording things and labeling the tapes and then like they have the news reports. So it's like a split screen. And so they're kind of going into this whole thing. I did think it was bullshit that they had all these kids sending in all these pennies to like, wasn't they were sending all these pennies to be melted down into like a bell or something like that? Yeah, they're making a Liberty Bell out of it. I know, like, leave these kids and their money alone. Because they wanted to send them from all 50 states. And I was like, if y'all fucking dip into the, the, the budget and get that together. Yeah, let them kids keep them pennies. Yeah. Do you know that pennies could, like, in 1981, all them pennies could have bought them a house? Them pennies probably are worth at least $100. <laughs> like, all they needed was 40 pennies and they could have had an apartment. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> like that now um but i think after this is when he goes to to record some sounds i guess he just has, keeps a library of sound right like he's not yes really, he's not recording this for any particular reason no he just staying fresh for his job yeah he's just you know ahead of the curve you know if you need an owl he records what a frog he records his couple which i was like you can hear them talking about you why are you looking creepy just in case, like, you might need that later on in the movie for a background noise. Like, <laughs> let's like, say you do a mystery. Lady, that lady was like, is he a peeping Tom? Let's get away from me. <laughs> then there were his fingerless gloves, like, just with his little microphone or whatever. Catching all the things. And he's catching, like, really, like, far away things. Like, nothing that he is recording is necessarily right next to each other or next to him. So he's got some pretty like high powered professional equipment. Jack Terry is a professional. <laughs> a professional that be fucking up sometimes, bruh. Mm, uh, a lot. Often. Like, often. Oft, quite often. Um so I think uh this is when he sees the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the there's I guess he's like recording, he hears a car. Um, and then he hears the tire start squealing and he also hears a loud bang and then he sees the car go over the bridge that he was, I think it was, he just on that bridge or he kind of, it was going off the side of the road, I guess. He went over something. It went to the lake. <laughs> uh-huh. And he jumps in to try to rescue who is inside the car and he can't get to all of the passengers, but he can get to the woman that's in the back seat and he gets her out of the car and he's able to save her and he takes her to the hospital. I felt like, were they alive in the car? She was alive. I didn't see anybody else that was alive. No, the other person definitely was not. That's why I was so confused. Cause I was like, like, was the person murdered in the car or did they die upon impact maybe it 
was never really clarified and I don't think the police did a good job either. No, they were just like, it's done. <laughs> and they was like, we ain't even, we ain't really investigating this too much because government conspiracies. Yeah. Um, it's like, because um, the woman in the car is my little baby girl, Sally. Oh, little oh, baby girl, oh, Sally. <laughs> and she is out of it. Like, yes. Like she, I she is was like, out of it. I thought she was actually like a like supposed to be on drugs. I feel like this is me being a low key conspiracy theorist. Oh no! You know, opening my boop, third eye. Oh no! I like it based on like other interactions in the movie. I never really got that she was like really really into drugs. Or anything, or even mm-hmm. into partying, I feel like she was probably drugged and put in the car, and it made it seem like she was on drugs. So if she had died, she yeah, was whatever on drugs, and he was on drugs, and that's what happened. Oh yeah, because she's all like, "Oh, I gotta get out of here." Ugh. I was like. Is she all right? Like, she's just, like, over here, like, leaning and shit. And it was, like, I was, like, did they got her on morphine or whatever? I don't, I couldn't figure out what the problem was because she just was not coherent. And it wasn't even, like, she was in shock or whatever. She was kind of just, like. Out of it. She was yeah, fucked like, up. Yeah, super out of it. So I was very confused. I was actually a little frustrated because I was, like, what's wrong with this girl? Um. But I felt bad for Nancy Allen because she said she had to, she was claustrophobic and they had to put her in this car. And I was like, oh, God, I feel you. (laughs) Because they had to like stick her through like a tube through the top of the car because the car was already submerged in like this tank. And then the car starts like filling up with water. And so she's like, no, I was actually panicked. (laughs) Like all of that was very real. And she only could do it like once. Like she was like, no. So that they made the most of that one take. Yeah, because you see a shot of her getting pulled out of the car. And she's like, no, those are not my legs because I refuse to go back down there. <laughs> I, like, I feel you, girl, because being in super tiny spaces nowadays for me is not the way. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, yeah, so her character is, I don't know, like she's in the hospital. Nobody's really looking after her. Which I also was like, damn, is nobody going to, like, come and check up on her or see how she's doing? Or I feel like, honestly, if somebody was in a car that was run off the road, you have identified the passenger in the car as Governor McRyan, who mm-hmm. is supposed to announce their candidacy for president then some the police need to be talking to somebody and there needs to be a guard or a police escort somebody needs to be outside of her room keeping an eye out for her they left her ass there alone because jack gives his statement to the police he's like yeah like i heard a bang before the tires went out and or before the tires started squealing and they're like oh that was just an echo he's like no like i'm telling you what i heard but they're kind of just kind of like yeah 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 yeah, whatever um 
And I think they're kind of like, I think at one point he said something about like keeping him quiet. Like he's talking to like a assistant of the governor and he's like, we got to figure out a way to keep him quiet. And I was like, oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> because it's a big commotion and Jack doesn't realize at first. Um, until he, somebody tells him like that was the governor, like he could have been our next president. And, um, and the guy who works for McBrien is like, listen, like we don't want to embarrass the family. Like, don't, we're not going to mention that the girl, there was a girl in the car. And he's like, well, there was a girl in the car. And he's like, well, just, we're not talking about that. Like you need to be quiet and <laughs> keep quiet about it. And he's like, you don't want to embarrass him. And like, this is just better for everybody. Um, if, if nobody knows that he was basically a philanderer, (laughs) he's like, you want the family to hear that (laughs) you want his wife to hear that he died with his hand of some girl's dress. I was like, I mean, that was bad. But then honestly, that's not the worst. Literally isn't the worst. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like he could have died like on the toilet. I mean, maybe back then it was the worst thing. I mean, we're talking about this from like a 2019 perspective. I heard you say yeah. dad on the toilet, like Elvis. Yeah, with his dick out. Oh my god! Also, <laughs> also with a woman who wasn't his wife there, like that would be worse. He could have died fucking somebody else who was not his wife. I mean, that's there basically you go. When it seemed like he was, pl- it, it, he was, it was implied that that that, that that's what they were going to go do. I mean, yeah, but you could have physically have proof there instead of like he just ran off the road with another it lady. Sounds like an SV. It sounds like an SV <laughs> like, episode. <laughs> like Olivia Benson would never have done anything that these cops in this movie would have done. Oh my god, these cops were fucking terrible. Like Jesus, and they're just like, no, we just need to leave it alone, and it's like. There's no investigation at all. Like, they just kind of just dismissed it as, as a freak accident and said, fuck it. And I was like, this is bad. <laughs> Detective work in general. There's like, oh, he was just sleepy. <laughs> like, what? He was just like, he was like uh, don't worry about it, bro. He good. He was just oh my- uh, oh sleep. Oh <laughs> and uh, uh, it just ran off the road. It was not a lady in the car. Whoever said there was a woman in a car is a liar. There were no women, no women in the car. That is fake. So don't believe whoever said that. I know that you may have seen a woman come into the hospital, but that is not true. Okay. Do not worry about that, guys. (laughs) Yeah. They basically are like, we've amended your statement. Um, Don't tell anybody about this girl. Like, she needs to get out of town. And we, this is going to be the end of it. And so Jack is kind of just like, you know what? I'm over this. Like, I just want to go home. He ends up taking her home. Which, again, just, she needs to be taken home was, by the police. Yeah. She doesn't even actually, they don't actually go to her house. Cause I don't know if she actually, she has, does she have a house? It may seem like she did not have a house. We don't, it, we don't really know too too much about sally's personal life yeah because at one point she's staying with a friend i think she's like don't take me home i want to like 
she basically says, take me to a hotel. And so he takes her to this like gaudy ass hotel. <laughs> I was like, this wallpaper, bruh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and, um, and he still like, has on her hospital ja- gown. Oh yeah. She's gown. still drugged. She's still She's like, still I don't high. have my makeup on. I was like, who the fuck cares about your makeup girl? <laughs> and they started had, That's me. They already started flirting like, like five minutes after she woke up, and I was like, "She's not all there, bruh." He was like, "Hey, you look good," and she's like, "What?" Yeah, and I'm just like, just, "I'm like her mat, her eyeliner is like halfway down her face." <laughs> it's like she just got pulled out of a car, out of a river. Like she almost died, sir. Please, I'm I like, know you're John it, Travolta. Keep it, like, keep it low. Keep keep that shit together. <laughs> and also, Sally, I understand it's John Travolta, but baby, <laughs> you almost died. I don't think Sally ever seriously understood the gravity of the situation the entire movie. Which frustrated <laughs> like, me to no end. Like, baby, baby, you you almost didn't make it. You almost met your Uncle Charles, baby. Like <laughs> you almost I, went to the crossroads. You need to I get it together. Was, I seriously was like, does Sally not realize like what's going on? Like, do you she did really not, not understand like you were in the car and somebody tried to have you and this man killed? <laughs> Like, and she not, did like, not get it. No, she didn't get it. And I was just like, bruh, I waited for Miss Sally to get to catch a clue. Miss Bedell, catch a fucking clue, bitch. <laughs> that was so frustrating about this movie. She just was not getting it. And I was just like, how many times she has to tell you? I don't think she ever caught that clue either. No, she didn't. And so, um, while like Jack is reviewing the tapes and stuff and he is trying to like figure out like he knows what he heard but he's trying to like I guess like isolate it or kind of figure out like review it and in and kind of pinpoint like when everything was happening. Um a John <laughs> a young Jean Lithgow <laughs> Bitch AKA he was acting like fucking Dwight Schrute. You I read I wrote that exact thing. I was like, is he okay? <laughs> <laughs> because that phone conversation. Oh my god. I was like, <laughs> it's like a whole bunch of shit. He was like, so so as per our conversation, you wanted me to kill him, right? And they were no. like, no. <laughs> we just wanted to He's pictures. like, well, I decided to make that executive decision on my own. Yeah, and I was like, so this man went rogue. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, his whole thing is is that... I mean, can we, can, we can say it early, right? Yes. Okay, so, so young John Lithgow, I think his name is Burke, or his last name is Burke. Um, Alias Burke. Or is, I guess it could be an alias, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't know anything about him um, other than that he is the proto-Dwight Schrute <laughs> um, of the early 1980s. So he was hired by a political opponent. It, they never say who the political opponent is. If it's the... I mean, I, I would assume that it's the president. I probably. Because it was kind of a big deal. And I couldn't tell... I feel like it was a big deal because they possibly were from the same party and Mick Ryan had more support like in the polls, quote unquote, 
um, than the president, than the sitting president. So um, I think it was like 67 to like 23. So I felt like it was the president's doing or someone um, in like the presidential campaign. I don't know if it was the guy. Was it the guy on TV, the campaign manager when they had the little interview? I can't remember I if they think look similar. so. Well, then, damn. <laughs> so, this shit went up to the very top. Because <laughs> uh, I think the dude that... I'm trying to figure out who was Bert talking to. He was Bert talking to like, was... some older guy that had kind of like like dirty white hair. But I can't remember if it was the same guy from the news um, report who was kind of talking about, oh, you know, once the economy starts to turn around and blah, 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 there'll be a lot more support for the president. And he was like named as like the campaign manager. He had like some ties with like a presidential campaign. So I can't remember if it was the same guy. They don't, to me in my head, they don't sound like they were the same, like, like vocally. I their voices sounded different to me, but I don't know. Hmm. Third eye opening. Bing. He was upset. He was like, <laughs> yeah, we, we did not. We did not talk about that. We yeah. did not talk about you killing that man. He Literally, they wanted pictures of... Him and Sally together. Yes, of the of McRyan and Sally together. They are referring to like um, blackmail them. Basically, yeah, like blackmail. Well, not even blackmail. It was going to be kind of like you know, like a smear campaign. Like they would get these photos of him, and and then his campaign would be all over, and probably like ruin him politically and and all that. Um, and this is like in 1981, so like this would be a big deal. Nowadays, I don't know what can fucking ruin a person's career, honestly. But um, uh, nothing. Yeah, I not mean, not a damn thing. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing. We've heard so many things in the last like almost four straight years of bullshit, and just like, bruh, I can't. <laughs> nothing is happening. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so he's hired and for some reason he decides to be like, yeah, I shot out his tire and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But he's like, well, I got the job done, didn't he? He's out of the election. <laughs> that again, again, kind of tie him back to, um, strangers on the train. You gotta be on the same page with the person you talking to. <laughs> Y'all got to make sure that everything is explicitly stated and what you want, making sure you paraphrase, making sure you repeat back, making sure you say, hey, I just want incriminating photos for blackmail purposes, not murder. All right. Right. Yeah. Not murder. We don't want murder. Make sure your crisscross is crisscrossing the way you want it to be. Okay, we got to criss and cross, okay? <laughs> we can't crisscross murder folks, okay? Yeah, because it's just like, I mean, they kind of, you know, it started on the right foot, but then, you know, somebody just said, hey, I'm just going to go this way. <laughs> I'm going to cross this way. You can't zig, <laughs> I want you to zig, but you just zagged off a bridge into murder, bitch. Right, and it's like, like, there was no real reason either. Like, he said it was an accident, but also he was kind of like, eh, fuck mm. it, who cares? <laughs> like, holy shit, man. 
Um, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, in addition to this, there's a guy named, I guess his name is Manny Carp. Um, and he was at the scene as well. He was actually under the bridge when the car went over the bridge. And so, um, he ends up selling his photos because he took, he was, you know, I just, he's like, I just happened to be there and he sells his photos to a, a magazine. Um, and pretty much what was like the next day he was like, here, have my photos for a, a, a good price. Me? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm broke. Shit. Times are tough. <laughs> like, let me get what what's old timey money. Let me get five hundred dollars for this. Mm, probably like three hundred dollars. Oh my god. <laughs> three hundred like in nineteen eighty dollars. Three hundred dollars for this. I mean three hundred dollars sounds like a lot of money back then. Yeah. Like know. do you know what twenty dollars could buy you in nineteen eighty? I have literally no idea. <laughs> I don't know either, but I assume it was a lot. Probably. I mean. What is that? $20 could definitely. What is that, an eight hour you... day? Yeah. Wait, how much is minimum wage? It was probably like $3. I don't know. No, because my mom, when she worked at Wendy's in the early 90s, it was like $2. Ah! Yeah. I don't even know how that's fucking possible. But she's like, yeah, it was like in the twos. And I was like, what? <laughs> I think it was the late 80s. It was like her first job. Oh, no. I was like, oh. that (gasps) capitalism is terrible you know what's so funny about that too is like when I was working in um at the university that I went to actually um I think I got up to like seven something I think I started out with like five something an hour and I got up to like seven something an hour it's just like Almost like 20 years later, like after my mom was making like two dollars, it's like the living wage is a joke. <laughs> yeah. I was not living off that money. Let me just tell you that right now. I was not living off that money. It's all a trap, bro. A joke, a trap. Capitalism is killing us, <laughs> strangling us mm. quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of like Burke, you know. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) So he, okay, so Jack has like, he ends up meeting Sally. Um, like she's trying to skip town because the dude from the McRyan campaign came, was like, hey, bro, get out of town. And they meet for a drink. They're like very flirtatious and stuff. Because she said, what is the first thing you see? When you like meet a person, he's like their legs. <laughs> I guess a lot of this part was like ad lib because they had like good chemistry. That's what Nancy Allen kept saying. I was like, Nancy, did you? Yes. Did you want? Yeah. You. I mean, it's fine yes. if you did. I don't blame you, girl. There's a lot of she hair probably on that did because I would have if I was not not alive during that time. <laughs> If I was barely a thought in my mother's life. If I wasn't, if I was in existence during that time, let me tell you. You said, Travolta, I want a piece. 
Break me off a piece. <laughs> Let me wear your wig for a minute, boo. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it like those things on Twitter? He's like, shake things up in the bedroom. Wear her wig. <laughs> Take her wig off and wear it on your head. <laughs> Oh my god, Ashley, what if I show up with like a Caesar cut wig? I will scream my fucking head off. A salt and pepper Caesar cut wig. I will scream. And Rita Wilson will beat my ass. For days. And it will- <laughs> I would scream for literal days. <laughs> Yeah, just Wait, no, Rita and... Wilson. Wait, that's uh, Tom Hanks' wife. Oh, um, I don't know what his wife's name is. Wait, hold on, hold on. I know it, I know it, I know it. Kelly Preston. Yeah, that lady. Yes. They look the same. That's fine. Do they? Do they? Re- What's her name? You said Anne-Marie? No, <laughs> Kelly Preston. Kelly... <laughs> Anne-Marie. They look alike. I guess. Why did I not know that Tom Hanks is married? I don't know why. Like, it yeah, didn't occur to me. You know, Tom Hanks is married. He also is the father of a white rapper. He is. I mean, we can't. That's not his fault. I mean, entirely. When you raise a white rapper, it is your fault. I mean, maybe he was like, I didn't know that that would happen. <laughs> it was like, if I could have my that. son be- from becoming you a white t- rapper, I would. Can- I mean, do you think Tom Hanks really planned for that? I mean, no parent wants their child to become a white rapper, but especially not Tom Hanks. I mean, I don't think Tom really sat there and and planned any of this. I mean, yeah, he sure didn't plan that website. That super, super, very, 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 very racist website talking about his grandkids. But anyway, Chester. Yeah, Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes. Fucking God. I mean, Tom Hanks doesn't deserve any of this. He just, you know, he comes out here and he says, I'm going to act. I'm going to make you cry. And. Y'all gonna go in and give me that box office gold. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I mean. I'm just gonna be Tom Hanks. I mean, gonna raise these white rappers and a Colin Hanks. and. <laughs> oh, yeah, Colin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. I how mean. We, how do we get on the subject of Tom Hanks? <laughs> he, we got to go back to Kelly. Kelly's gonna fight you for snatching off her husband's wig. <laughs> this episode is a mess. Anyway, <laughs> neo noir is very serious, you guys. And we love it just and as much as I love John Travolta and his wigs. If you married John Travolta, what would you do about his religious leanings? So you see me holding soup cups. <laughs> it's just gonna be like, <laughs> don't look at Brittany's me. Brittany's rich enough to give money to aliens. Just <gasps> that's what it is. Brittany now knows the secret alien temples. Oh God! What are we? Hell no! Nah. Like- I'm. I am not fighting niggas on a boat to learn alien secrets. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to fight niggas on a boat? And not vaccinate people until I'm sick. And the reason I'm sick is because my brain isn't strong enough to not be sick. So, <laughs> like, what the oh fuck? My God. 
<laughs> like I have a chronic condition. And if I believe that, then according to their teachings, the reason that I have a chronic condition is because my brain is like trash. This is strong trash. enough to not think it. Yeah, they also don't believe in, like, doctors and stuff. Like, I just, like, oh, God. Like, I would die, actually. Like, I would literally actually die. I would pay, I would meet my Uncle Charles. I would stage the rescue mission. Be like, yeah, I gave it up. <laughs> Take your little slice of Dr. Travolta and go. <laughs> just smuggle me out, and I'm just clutching a whole bunch of weed. And Brittany's over there talking about just a crumb. Just a crumb. <laughs> Just me holding a whole bunch of wigs and like a T-Bird's jacket. <laughs> you think he has his memorabilia still? Hell yeah, I think he has a T-Bird's jacket, bitch. And I mean, I some penny loafers, like some penny loafers, a T-Bird's jacket, a Vincent Saturday Vega Night suit. Li- or not Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Fever. No, that's probably like in a hard rock cafe somewhere. He definitely has like the... um. The wig he wore, hairspray. Um, oh God, I forgot about hairspray. <laughs> like, oh my welcome God. to the sixties. Uh, 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 uh. Oh my God, I forgot about that. That's yeah. <laughs> that happened. It sure did, I mean, and that soundtrack slaps. Okay, I like two musicals. You know what? Actually. There is a good what I forget who was in that one. Um, is it James Marston? James Marston, yeah. Yeah, he was. I forget who he was, but I actually he's actually a really good singer. Corny Collins. Yeah, I remember I watched that. I haven't watched Hairspray actually in a while, but the last time I did watch it, I was like, oh wait, there's some vocals in there. I I, I see what you got going on. I don't know what uh, Mr. Travolta had going on, but. <laughs> That was also a film that I used to watch when I used to watch like Murder by Numbers and Funny Games and, and hairspray. Inside and Hairspray. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> he gotta he gotta add a little light, a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Okay, so <laughs> I don't even know what okay, so. This is the part of the movie because they're back with Sally and Jack. They're flirting and all this stuff. Um, so Sally apparently wants to be in the movie. She wants to do makeup or whatever. She said it took her two hours to do her makeup and it was a no makeup look. <laughs> I was like, that's me. I understand her. I, I identify with Sally every time she talks about makeup because I understand her two hour no makeup makeup look. I understand it. Because I, I, too, have done a two-hour no-makeup makeup look. I don't like wearing foundation, so that cuts out most of the hour. <laughs> the hour and a half, basically. Ooh, foundation is my foundation. I love putting on foundation. Oh, do my you, God. Do you really? I don't like it. Yes. It makes my nose look weird. I think it's like my pores on my nose or something. But I feel like, I got, I feel like it's too much going on. I'm like, nah, we'll just do some concealer here and there. Ooh, I love it. Sally would like, be disappointed in me. Gives you life. Sally would be very disappointed in me because I'm just like, no, just eyes, thank you. Some highlighter, please, no more. 
She was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> She's like, have you seen these famous people? I'm like, look at Barbara Streisand. I was like, damn, girl. <laughs> she roasted the fuck out of Barbara Streisand. I was Streisand. like, Barbara Babs is like a superstar. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, so she asked Jack what he, like how he got into it. And he kind of tells her that he was in the army. Um, he's like a communications kind of guy. He's always been interested in like audio and like taking apart things and like making like audio equipment and shit like that since he was a kid. And then he kind of breezily goes over the fact that he was, he worked for the police and then he went to the movies and he's like trying to downplay the fact that he was working with the police at one point and she's like no I want to hear about it that's so interesting and so from what I got he was working for like a group of like politicians or something that were trying to stop police corruption is that about right sounds about right yeah and he was putting wires on people basically his thing was that he was um they were trying to stop police corruption he would wire a cop to go and like expose like another cop. So there was, um, they had done like their, I guess he had done like their best undercover, undercover cop. And he was trying to expose a corrupt police captain who was like working with the mob. The problem is, is that when he like wired him up and stuff, is that the cop started sweating <laughs> and, then, and he started sweating so much that it was like interfering with the recording and then it started to like burn him and so he got out the car and like he's like oh I gotta pull over I gotta pee and when he got out the car like another like a mobster followed him in the bathroom or whatever and he figured out that he was wearing a wire and they killed him they did the wire basically they like hung him from the bathroom stall and he felt really guilty about that which i mean i would too yes because like consider all the factors sir that sweat is i mean you're sticking it to somebody's body i don't know how they do that shit now but like you're sticking stuff to it's a big old transmitter too yeah you putting that on somebody's nipple they getting shocked (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i don't know how wires work i don't either but I mean, <laughs> I feel like things have gotten smaller since 1981, I would assume. Oh, my God. In my brain, you put the... You would not... No. Isn't it like shock therapy? <laughs> you would put on the nipple. You put the mic on the nipple. Is that what you're confusing it with? Like shock therapy or whatever? Or Is that I shock mean, therapy? I don't know what... What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're both, we're we, we were both not competent with technology. with life like with life in general we're just you know we're just winging it here we're just here sometimes like <laughs> my brain just takes concepts and goes to some funny i love places how you think sometimes. that they would put him on the nipples like can you like wouldn't it be efficient to put like a little mic on a nipple I'm literally going to Google this and my FBI agent is going to burst through this door right now and say, that's not how we do it. 
before you Google, that's not how we do it. Oh, no. Okay. Google didn't understand what I was saying, or they're trying to protect me from, like, the feds. <laughs> Were you wired to feds? When people wear a wire, do they put it on a nipple? Yeah. Do they put wires? No. You know what? No. Let me not put that in there. <laughs> I was really about to go. Hey, if you are listening, do you guys think that they put, they put the mice you can't even get it out, can you? They put the mice on a nipple. Let us know. If you agree, <laughs> let us know. If you disagree, oh tell us how they do it. Side note for John Travolta's filmography. I forgot he was in Savages, which is a movie I turned off like five minutes ago. Is that later. the one with um Aaron Johnson? Yeah, Aaron and... Um, that one lady that got married on the plantation. Miss Plantation, Blake Lively. Um... And, a bunch and of another people. white man, um, Taylor Kitsch. Ooh. Oh, is that how you say it? He's from. That sounds right. That's like a Jessica Biel man. Like <laughs> that's a man version of Jessica Biel. He was on Friday Night Lights, and he was in the John second Carter. season of True Detective. Oh, he was in John Carter. I never saw that movie. Um, interesting. He was Gambit in something. One oh, of them X Men things. Yeah, I don't do those, but maybe one of you good people do. <laughs> but yeah, I remember because they said uh, he, the character. He's like he. Did, what did Blake Lively say? He's like he doesn't have orgasms. He has wargasms. And I was like, somebody needs to be. <laughs> somebody needs their writing, Writers Guild of America credentials stripped <laughs> for that one because yeah, a wargasm, wargasms. Um, and it's jail. just based off a book, so maybe they mm. say it in that book. But I was like, you know what? Maybe we should stop basing everything off a book. Let's um, let's never say orgasm again, please. No, it's terrible. And I was like, oh, turning this off. <laughs> I could not get into it. And I fucking love Aaron Johnson, but like, no, no. John Travolta's had some missteps. I mean, that yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, part of loving an actor is knowing when they have fucked up, and some of these, <laughs> some of this filmography is fucked up. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think after the whole wire incident, um, Jack has basically like I've seen some shit. Although he doesn't really give me like super, um, like isolated kind of. He should be a little guy. bit more paranoid than what he is, or more like. I think originally the character was supposed to be older. Oh, they're both supposed to be a lot older than what they are, but since they are young, Nancy Allen and young John Travolta. I'm just yeah, like, what young we- people. Yeah, like, what the hell do you got to be mad about? You're beautiful and you got a good head of hair. You work in the mm-hmm. movies. Like, the fuck are you mad about? You're not millennials. You're not broke. Not yet. So. Not yet. <laughs> Nobody was quite broke. Quite yet. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I think at this point, John Lithgow... Thinks, I guess he's stalking Sally. Or he thinks he's stalking Sally. And 
he ends up like grabbing a woman that's not like looks like Sally from behind. I think ends up. It's t- way too many women who look like Sally. I would say she's like a white woman with like big blonde hair, and it's like the early eighties. Like how many? Her perm was fire though. Like her perm she did was, have a good perm. It was chef's kiss. It was not dry, not too stringy, not too Mm-mm. coiled. It was good, nice baby curls. It was like the white people equivalent of a soul glow. Less damp, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit more fluffy, but it was good. It was nice. Not a soul glow. <laughs> Speaking of big afros, I watched Cleopatra Jones the other day. It's on Netflix right now. I have so much to watch this. It's actually kind of serious. It's way more serious than like, I mean, could you ask about Dolomite? I was like, no, it's not nearly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to be funny. It's not supposed to be like so bad. It's funny. It's actually quite serious. And I was like, wow. But then also the fashion. And I just thought of like big afros. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw Cleopatra's afro once or twice. And I was like, this is a good, this is a good circumference for a head of hair. Mm. yeah <laughs> but um so when John Lithgow grabs this woman he basically like I don't know what he thought he was doing but he like tumbles down this hill with this woman and I was like well damn shit if you grabbing her up didn't kill her like that fall did I I have okay I'm gonna save this question for a little bit later cause I okay. have a question okay about Bert and this stuff. Okay. So I'll wait. Okay. Well, um, the woman ends up not being Sally, obviously. And he, um, I mean, he's killed her, but then he, like, kind of gets the idea to, like, stab her in the stomach in the shape of, like, the Liberty Bell. I guess to get people on some sort of like, ooh, like they end up naming him like the Liberty Bell Strangler. I was like, oh my God. Because the Liberty the Liberty Day celebration is pop coming up soon too. Yeah. So it's all supposed to be like meant to be like, ooh, is this all related? Like with the governor and like Lady Dad, which I don't think they ever put it together. Like it has anything to do with the governor. They just kind of name it as like a, like, you know, a rise in sex crimes in the area. So I was like, you kind of might you might be doing a little bit much for absolutely no reason, sir. Mm, um, and then after this, we find out that Sally and, and Carp, the photographer, are in cahoots. So I yes. I don't know who was doing. So I think what it was is that Burke hired Carp, who roped in Sally, because Sally's been doing it for extra money. Like she does this sort of like get men caught up. Um, and then she gets paid extra because she works at like a makeup counter or whatever. And so she's not making any pennies. And she also, I was so bad for her. She's like, they don't pay me anything. And I can't type. So there's not a lot of options for me out there. And I was like, oh my God, this poor girl. Like, can you imagine? Those are the only things you could do. Yeah. I feel like typing is like, everybody knows how to type. Everybody young knows how to type. Because you were taught how to type in school. But back then, typing was like a special skill now it's just like life man 
Yeah, and I don't even think they would. Te- I don't think they teach you how to type in school anymore. No, like, girl, you gotta do that at home. Yeah, because I actually had a typing class. I was in a typing class for like a semester, and I thought it was kind of like a actual a big waste of time because <laughs> I was like, this is not hard. What what is the point of this? Like, I can. It felt like hard, like cheap labor. <laughs> Like, what am I typing? <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> Are y'all using this for anything? Like, it, I hadn't, like, I haven't taken that typing class since I was a child. Yeah. But... I, I think I was like in junior high when we did it. I had to be like seventh or eighth, probably eighth grade. Hmm. And I was like, this is kind of a waste. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> and now I believe it would definitely be a waste. But I feel bad for like Sally because she's like, I don't really like know how to do anything or can do anything that like would get me like you know a secure job so she's got she feels like she has to do this stuff and then Manny's definitely taking advantage of her the photographer um is definitely taking advantage of her because I think Burke said he was gonna pay him like six thousand dollars and then she was like but you mm-hmm. told me three thousand and he's like yeah three thousand now before and three thousand after and she's like, oh, what are you going to tell me about the 3000 I was like, oh, my God, this girl probably got paid like $500. Yes. Like, good grief. Yeah. <gasps> this is when I realized that everyone, like every man in this movie took advantage of Sally. Yeah. She's like. Even the, Jack. She's like the only girl in this movie. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and he's not really that good to her either because he's like, oh, you know, let's go get that drink. I was like, she's trying to leave town. He's like, no, it won't be. And then he's like, oh, can you stay in town? And then, um, and then like the big thing with like her going to meet uh, the news reporter, I was like, bruh, <laughs> leave this woman yeah, alone. Yeah, like he, like, of a- of course, they kind of flirted with each other and kind of sort of hinted at maybe falling in love or whatever, having a flirtation. But at the end of the day, he was using her for his own means. Mm-hmm. And that becomes really apparent at the end of this movie, which we can talk about when we get to the end of this movie. Because I was not happy. Um, so I think um, Jack makes this like kind of flip book film thing. So he takes the pictures from the magazine that Carp had sent in or or sold to the magazine. Then he pairs it with the recording. And so it makes like this little film or whatever. So you can kind of get like a visual and audio um, sort of component. So it pieces together basically like what happened that night. Um, and he'd send it to, like, the police who don't like him. And I, I feel like you realize they don't like him mainly because of the thing with the, like, the botched wire incident. Like, they probably wouldn't fuck with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he gives him the tapes, he realizes that his tapes have... The tape was erased. And he goes back home and he realizes that all his tapes have been erased. Yeah. Which I actually he- like that shot, too, of when he's kind of figuring it out. There are a lot of good shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. And this is another reason why I realize why I like this movie. Outside of, like, 
John Travolta. I like this movie because a lot of... Okay. For me, this movie is made by one of my favorite directors of all time, Brian De Palma. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of this movie, outside of the conspiracy and solving the mystery part, is focused on filmmaking. Yeah. And the the technical parts of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And that is what I like. Like, you can see Jack, like, splicing together film. You can see him, like, actively recording sounds. And those aren't really aspects of film that you see on film. Mm -hmm. Like, you get a lot of movies about actors... You get a you get a few movies about writers or um, people writing screenplays, but you don't really get a lot of movies about you know more behind the scenes parts of it. Yeah, like the sound technicians and the editors and and all the people who actually take all the crap <laughs> and distill it into like something watchable. Yes. Yeah, because they have a big. Um, they all have big jobs in two. And even like the steady cam guy, like he has a big job. Cause I feel like he half changed the, movies, the game. Half the movies that we watch would not look like this. Cause you can see, Oh, especially like, in a, you can tell now too. Like when you're watching a movie, you're just like, God damn, the thing is shaking a lot. <laughs> and it's because like, if you watch Blair, Witch, uh, yeah. And that's kind of like on purpose. Like, but even some movies that you're kind of just like, you can tell the cameras kind of swaying a little bit. And it's probably because it's on some dude's shoulders and people can't help it. Like you're breathing, like you're constantly moving in some form or fashion, whether you know it or not. And you can just really tell like Blair, which I think is more like it's supposed to look like that because they're terrified and, and it's supposed to be handheld and, and stuff. And it and if it looked like a steady cam, it wouldn't it would have be different. Same, yeah, it wouldn't have the same effect. But like there's some movies that you're watching where you're just like is the camera on a string? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Nobody was there to, like, you know, set that up on a tripod or, or what? Like, what was what was the reason? But, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, that is a good point about this is, like, the people who, about the people who kind of make movies come together that are not in front of the screen and not the director, not the people who get, like, the most glory or credit, um... For like making a movie, because even at the awards, they don't really get a lot of shine. Nope. Um, but yeah, the shot was was cool because he's it's kind of going around in a circle, and every time it kind of passes Jack, you kind of see him get more and more disheveled, and he he realizes like, oh, this this tape is is you know, it's not working, you know, all of a sudden all these other tapes aren't working. He's, like, grabbing stuff, and he's just, like, flipping out. And it turns out some lady, like, let a man into his studio. <laughs> like, I guess the person downstairs, I don't know if it's, like, the front desk or something like that, but she's like, yeah, some man would come in. He was like, the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Which I would have been like that, too. I was like, y'all just be letting people in offices, like, willy-nilly and shit. Yeah, don't do it. She was like, what's your problem? <laughs> I was like, lady. <laughs> but, you know, effectively, all his all his equipment, or at least all his, like, his tapes and his library is, like, erased. 
So all the things that he's done, um, which for movies and stuff, that's, I mean, you can replace that for a large amount of it, but you can't replace an assassination attempt. (laughs) You cannot. That's a once in a lifetime event. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) for everybody involved. Yeah. (laughs) So the police. (laughs) (laughs) Go Go apologize to all the all the politicians. Right I'm now. sorry, Lincoln. <laughs> JFK, I'm sorry. <laughs> Brenda, you were on one today. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think I rattled something in my brain yesterday. <laughs> I mean, you shook something loose. Something finally got shaken loose. <laughs> so uh <laughs> so this this um this guy who is like a um I guess he's like a, a newscaster, which he always sounds he always seemed kind of sus to me as well. But um he contacts Jack and is like, hey, you know, I heard about the statement that you gave to the police, which Jack at this point is just like, who told you that? And he's like completely paranoid. And he's like, you know, this doesn't really line up. And I want to like put you like, I want to get your like tape and like put you on screen and like tell the world that like, this is what really happened or whatever. Um, and Jack is honestly and understandably um, kind of paranoid at first. And he, I think he tells him no, right? Yeah, he's like, no. Like, I don't want to be involved with this anymore, really. With yeah. you. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he just, like, got all his shit ruined. And he, he knows people are, like, after him. Um, and then I think he, I don't know what makes him change his mind. Oh, this is when... Um... She wants to, they want to make an arrangement to meet at like the train station. Is this that part? But what he does not realize is that Burke has bugged his house. Like he's listening to his phone calls. And I think eventually he like fucks with his phone connection. So the reporter can't even call him back to like arrange a meeting. And Burke uses this opportunity yeah. to and, and he just, pose like, as a reporter. <laughs> and it's like, hey, let's meet. Like, and this is also when I started to get really frustrated with Miss Sally. Because, like, ma'am, what the hell? <sighs> Baby girl. Well, this is not her fault per se. It's not. But, like, because she didn't realize that, like, this is also back when people kind of would get your number and it wasn't weird. Yeah. Because they had to look you up and stuff like that in the phone book. Again, with the phone books. I mean, we could all just type in numbers at random. I mean, hey. I mean, it would be one, true one, chaos, one, but. One, 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 one. <laughs> <laughs> it's always an option. Uh, so they end up going to meet this guy but like jack like preemptively is like hey let's i'll wire you up again which i was like no you haven't learned your lesson he has not (laughs) he has not 
he's like, I'll put the wire on you. And if anything's weird, I'll just come like, I'll come and get you. And so before this, like Burke is waiting at like a train station because they decided to meet at some train station. And he is listening to a a sex worker and this like sailor kind of negotiate her price for I guess that's there what an hour or something 30 minutes it goes from like an hour it goes from like an hour to like 20 minutes or something like that I was like I mean a dollar a minute yeah you're still getting paid I guess because at first it was like 60 dollars for 60 minutes and he was like well you know I mean like let's cut it down to like 40 dollars for 40 minutes <laughs> and the price just kept getting lower and then they go off to like the phone booths or whatever. It does not go well. Like she was like, "That's pathetic." She has to like she's. <sighs> he doesn't do what he needs to do, and she makes like a phone call. Like she is making like a phone call to whoever she needs to make a phone call to. Um like her boss or manager to set up another like arrangement. Mm -hmm. And while she's in there, that's when she sees Bert. Oh my God. Have you ever seen John Lithgow or do you you ever think you would see John Lithgow make like a slight blowjob noise or gesture? No, it was kind of terrifying. Like I don't never, never in my American life. (laughs) I do not and did not want to imagine that John Lithgow fucks, but <laughs> here we are. Here we are. there. I mean, here we are. Here we are. He had brown hair. He did have brown hair. Ever since I was a kid, he's always had like whitish hair. I mean, no, yeah. Yeah, he been. He took the top off, like he just had hair on the side. He does yeah, have kids, I mean, so he, he does have he kids. He has fucked, <laughs> so ah! <laughs> that's so awful. Here, I hate it. God, I hate it. I hate it. Um, and one oh, of no. his kids is on Third Rock from the Sun. He was the boy that got on his nerves in the classroom. Oh, really? I used to watch Third Rock all the time when I was little. Oh, God. I always watched it, like, out of order. I think at one point I tried I tried to watch it, like, in order. I don't know what channel or streaming service it was on, but I didn't make it through, obviously. You but... can borrow my DVDs if you need to. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Please send me your DVDs from Ohio <laughs> so I can have the full Dallas Go experience. I think I got the first four seasons. <laughs> And the and young Jordan Joseph Gordon Levitt. This is probably why I tried to watch. <laughs> There's so many things I tried to watch. Brick for Joseph Gordon Levitt, like uh, uh. Mm. that always ends up badly. Like not always, but a lot of times thirst watches never end up the way that you think they are. Like when you because- watch Mysterious Skin, and then it's like, bruh, that's not. I oh that's a mistake. Oh, Mysterious skin had me shook. It's like such like a, a good movie, but at the same time, bro, you gotta just you just sit in the I corner hugging my... yourself, just like 
<laughs> I had to decompress. I watched that at work. <gasps> not at this job. Not at like a real, like this is at my like college job. So I was not necessarily next to anybody. And this is on a Saturday when nobody was around. So I would like go through like maybe like three movies, a, a shift or whatever. Cause I literally had nothing to do on Saturday. And I think this was during the summer too. So it was like dead. This is like a college town. So like, once the semester's over, people would just be like, all right, I'm going home, like, to my real house, like, to my real city. <laughs> so I was always alone, right? You know, this is a shout-out to Mega Video, the Mega Video days. I would just find a video or a movie on Mega Video, and Mysterious Skin happened to be one of them. <laughs> mm. I still haven't rewatched that. I always said I was going to, and I was like, actually, you probably shouldn't. I've seen it twice. I feel like I would literally probably both times I was like Brittany, 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 oh. baby girl, Brittany. Oh, yeah, that's like a I don't know what mood I would have to be in to rewatch that now, but like I can't imagine a time or place or a setting that would be appropriate enough to watch that movie. I watched it in college during the JGL phase, and then I watched it a couple years ago just to. Revisit. revisit it just to like I don't hmm. even know who has that on like where I would watch that I don't know it's it's probably hard to find now yeah I can't imagine that just being like oh yeah here mysterious skin on Hulu <laughs> <laughs> they would be like is everything okay <laughs> like well, we gotta put the locks on this one girl <laughs> you gotta put in some sort of password whatever I was like, oh, is every are you okay, babes? You okay, babe? Or is everything okay at home? It's like it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, you can rent it from like YouTube and whatever. They they got they'll send you a hug afterward. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you rent it on Amazon, Jeff Bezos will send you a hug <laughs> and a million dollars. Don't touch me. Send me money. Don't touch me. <laughs> Send me fucking money, bitch. Oh, there's something called the BFI player. I guess it's a British Film Institute. I guess if you're a subscriber, you can watch it there. But You got to be in the right headspace <laughs> for that, so just be careful. Yeah, we're not saying that just jump out there and watch it, but also like... Be careful. Yeah, was this Greg Ariki? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say his name? I think so. The director, he's the one who made that fucking weird-ass show I was watching now apocalypse oh yeah girl oh my god okay that was a no again another thing i was thirst watched okay and that was just terrible yeah i can't definitely don't watch that i can't wait for you to watch the last caution i'm worried already (laughs) oh yeah i have another movie (laughs) i rented a tony long movie that's apparently nc-17 you watch it for one reason this is good i don't know when i'm gonna have time to watch this either because it's fucking it's long two and a half hours it's intense Two, almost three hours. It's close to three hours. And I was like, oh, y'all got to stop this. Mm. Y'all got to stop this. Uh, so, okay. Back to the story. 
he is uh, making the blowjob face. He fucks. And... <laughs> <laughs> I love how we got from there all the way to fucking... <laughs> Tony Long movie. <laughs> so, John Lithgow. John Lithgow fucks. He fucks. <laughs> Just so you guys know, he fucks. Um, and he... The um, woman is like, okay... I got my next client lined up. Let's let's get it. And so she says, give like she makes arrangements to like meet up with him, but she wants a moment to freshen up. So she's in the bathroom um, brushing her teeth, and while she's brushing her teeth, he strangles her. Yeah, with like a weird like watch wire. Yes. So he has like his, the face the face of his watch like comes off, and like there's like it's attached to like a wire. Is that? That's like specially built, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, that's a murder watch. That's a for okay. sure murder yeah. watch. <laughs> that's a murder watch. It's not out. That ain't right. You can't pull. You can't pull a wire out your Apple Watch and kill. Like that ain't standard. <laughs> I <laughs> I hope not. Shit. <laughs> that's special. That's a special murder watch. Especially yeah, it's this special murder watch, and he strangles this woman, and I don't even know why he did it. I feel, okay, so this kind of brings me back to something I was going to say earlier. I uh, Is he killing women that looks like Sally to cover up when he is, like, as he's trying to kill Sally? I don't know. Like, so because... he's making a thing of this to cover up Sally's murder. I mean, that's something that Dwight Schrute would do. That seems like something Dwight Schrute has th- thought of. For sure. But I don't know. Or am I thinking too deeply about this? No, I mean, I was wondering too because I was just like, you know, you didn't have to. Because every woman that. looks alike. And the woman at this particular woman in the train station, the first time I watched it, and the second time, and the third, and the fifth time I watched it, I was like, okay. she okay. really, really looked like she looked like Nancy Allen. Like she looked, looked like her. See, okay. See, I didn't really. Guess I don't get that, but I like picture. I guess she did kind of look like her. So and maybe all of the women that he murdered all resembled Sally. I mean, then you could do it like a like a like a oh, this is his like mo or whatever, mm-hmm. and like this is what he's like into. But I don't know. We're like. So have we officially established like serial killers as serial killers by this point? I guess so. Yeah. Um, Holden and um, Tinch, they've been working on that. That was late 70s. I mean, so they had like thought of like the whole like. Yeah, they had it working. Serial killers have a type. Serial killers have a type. And that th- I don't know if he, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Listen, the way he was talking, maybe he had done some research into this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seemed like a waste of time, and also like a uh, a way to draw attention to yourself. Also, he was bored, and he wanted. I feel like um, Burke was bored, and also he was extra because he was also taking on extra assignments. Did nobody tell him to kill people? And what he do? Kill people. So I, like, I don't understand. What's the problem? <laughs> still, I'm still a little confused by that. <laughs> he got mad when somebody said, "I did not tell you to kill somebody." He's like, "Well, what?" I don't. I don't. I don't. 
I don't understand. Like, oh, God, he was so Dwight Schrute. Like, oh, God. Like, I could just see him having a beet farm. Mm-hmm. Just growing beets. Being a fucking weirdo out in, like... <laughs> reading <laughs> Harry Potter. Out in the middle of nowhere. You said reading Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I could, you know... Maybe, maybe, maybe Burke is more of, like, a, like a Tolkien. Yeah. Seems more, more, um... I guess appropriate for the for the year, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his deal was with the the killing the extra people. I mean, the first one it seemed like an accident. Um, the second one seemed like it was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, and then he was just like, "Well, let's get it. It's let's get it popping." Day, it's during the day. It's at a crowded train station. Like I was just very confused on on why he was he picked that woman specifically. And then I was like, "Do you have a problem with like sex workers?" But then like they didn't go into that either. Like you don't really know anything about this guy, which kind of makes him scary. But then, uh. I don't know. That was like one of the parts I was like, could we get some sort of sort of confirmation on that? But we didn't get it. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. <laughs> uh, so. This. <laughs> after he strangles his woman, he finds Sally. Oh, baby. Baby, baby, and baby. And he convinces her to like take the train with him to like go eat and stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, I get the feeling that somebody's like watching and following us. And then that's when like Jack springs into action, but he can't find them. He can only like listen to where they're going on the tape. And so he manages to follow him down to like a like a train because there's like one part when he almost like uses the watch on her. But then like a, a subway worker comes and is like hosing down something. So he doesn't get a chance to do it um, when he when he was going to. But then they end up taking the train. And this is when chick is like super crazy and like summer blockbuster because John Travolta basically has to go into like a like he gets in a Jeep and starts <laughs> hauling ass. He going into action mode, bruh. He basically crashes through this parade and. <laughs> Like this kid, he's driving on the sidewalk. <laughs> like, whose idea was this? I can see. Listen, I can see why Brian De Palma was like, uh, shooting this part was actually bullshit. Yeah, because it was. It's big. It's big, and it seems like it had. It was like super extra because he almost he drives down. Um, he like drives through like the marching band and like all the people in the parade, and then he's about to hit like a big group of people, and he like swings the car and ends up crashing through like a storefront window, and like hits his head on the steering wheel and like is knocked out. And I was like, all right, <laughs> okay, cool, why not? Also. No airbags. Yeah. Did they have airbags back then? I don't think you were allowed to, I don't think you had to put your seatbelt uh, no, on you until didn't. Like the mid-80s. You really didn't have to wear a seatbelt until like 2005. 
I don't understand why Miss Sally. It took Sally so long to figure out that he was sus. I feel like because Sally has like a kind heart and a gentle spirit and she just wants to believe the best in people. And also she trusted Jack and she was meeting this man on behalf of Jack. And um, this guy was supposed to be there to get their story out. Yeah. So she didn't have any reason really not to trust him. No, but also like it's kind of one of those situations where you're just like don't trust the wrong person. Yeah. Either. Yeah, take care of yourself. This is what happens when you get thirsty. Yeah. I mean, she is Sally just is a blessed Bless her heart. Like every time I think of her, I'd be like, "Bless this baby. Bless this Bless baby." Bless heart, because holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, because by this time it's nighttime. Yeah, it's dark. You've been with this man like all day, bruh. And he, I mean, you don't think he just would have asked for the tape or whatever? I told him to come down to the studio or whatever. Uh, so she like gives him the tape and the film. And then he, like, wraps it up. And she's like, oh, you wrapping it? Like, what are you wrapping it for? And he tosses it into the river. And then he, like, starts putting on his gloves. And she's like, oh, shit, basically. And uh, Jack wakes up because he's still got the, like, earpiece in or whatever. Um, Even though he's, like, in the ambulance. And he goes and runs after her, but, like, it's too fucking late. Like, she she gets dragged up to some building or whatever, and all the noise from the fireworks and stuff, like, you can't hear her screaming or whatever. And so, um, but Jack can because he's got his little earpiece in and stuff. And he, I think he, like, strangles her or stabs her or both. He he do a little a little string a little slice. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna make. <laughs> I was about to make a joke. Let me not. <laughs> uh, and Jack comes and like stabs him over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's. I mean, that's it. Sally's dead. Burke is dead. There's a really cool shot with the fireworks. Yeah, he's holding her body. But also it was like super melodramatic because the music in this movie, oh my God, oh my God. I think that was like my least favorite part of this movie was the music. I mean, it just did not slap for me. It's like a movie about sound. You would think like the sound would be a little bit, it just didn't, I don't know. Sometimes it was like super melodramatic and sometimes it was like, you know, we're looking for clues, do, 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 kind of music. And then it, sometimes it was just kind of like over the top. I was like, am I watching a Lifetime original movie? Or am I watching a detective story? What am I watching? <laughs> Sound-wise, it was not coming together. Hmm. I was like very like annoyed by it. <laughs> I was like, what is this music, bruh? And then... um. This ending. 
mess. Is a fucking mess, and I hate it. I I was so upset the first time I watched it. I was like, my heart, my little heart. It broke my heart. It broke my heart the first time I watched it. Like, I was sad, like, for real, for real. I it was like so disappointed when I saw this because I was like, you are lying to me. So I guess we never figure out what happens to like like if the conspiracy is unraveled. I mean everybody's dead to like all those loose ends besides Jack. Jack is like the last loose end loose end, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um but we don't really figure out what happens. But then they're going back over the film again, like the, the what is it, co-ed frenzy. And they're going to the part where, like, the, the girl in the shower is screaming. And Jack, he uses the recordings from Sally screaming. Sally's death. Dubbed them. Yes, her, like, last breaths and screams and stuff. And he puts it over his... In this terrible fucking low budget ass horror movie. Oh my god. I was like, that's just so morbid. It's morbid and it's kind of self serving. And he exploited <laughs> this woman the whole time. And and he, yes, it's exploitation to like like the worst degree. I was like, she's literally dying. Like she's literally dying <laughs> and fighting for her life. And I'm just like Whose idea was it? Brian De Palma. Brian, no. <laughs> Who idea written and directed by Brian De Palma? Brian, <laughs> what would we? Why? 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 I don't understand. It's so bad. But at the same, okay, yes, it. it he exploited Sally. He exploited yeah. her. He did. But let's spin it a little bit. <laughs> Let's spin it. Sally would not have been remembered otherwise. They literally so. tried to erase her existence from junk because she was not in the car to begin with. She didn't exist. She survived her attempted assassination. They She had survived them trying to murder her and mm-hmm. they erased her from the story. Um, the only time she was like actually inserted back into her stories through Jack's persistence. So mm-hmm. maybe Jack thought that he was leaving a legacy for her by inserting her screen, her last breaths into this movie. So maybe if it was a different movie. Would have been better as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, and because it definitely would not be appreciated in that way. Like, get her something that's actually like good. Yeah, get her something that's not so trashy. Like, ah. And again, she wanted to be in the industry. Oh my god, (laughs) this is the only way. If you're being murdered. She wanted to be in the industry and maybe he thought in his guilt and grief um, riddled mind, this is honoring her. Oh gosh, men. And also harder. he wanted to save his job. He was, yeah, he was being a raggedy bitch, but 
He could have found another scream. He could have. He could have because he had three perfectly good screams while he was doing his investigation. Yeah, and he was like, oh, actually, no. But Sally lives on through co-ed Matt. What the fuck name of this movie? Frenzy. You see, you can't even remember the title. (laughs) (laughs) Co-ed Frenzy. Co-ed Frenzy. Co-ed Frenzy 2, Electric Boogaloo, and Co-ed Frenzy 3, The Final Reckoning. I don't know. She lives on. Oh, God. So bad. That was like the one part I was like, I was like, do I buy this woman, please? It was a lot. <laughs> I still love this movie. I, 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 yes, I know. I know. That was just like the part I was like, man, fuck out of here. I was like, that happened to me. I'd come back and haunt your ass. I mean, she should haunt everybody. Like, she for really sure. Should. Every single man. The, the photographer, the governor, Jack. Jack for sure. Like she should pop up, give him a perm. I guess she can't. I guess she can't haunt the governor because he's dead. I mean, they could link up in the afterlife. <laughs> Square up. <laughs> this is his fault. Yeah, because I mean, don't be such a raggedy bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-mm. So, I mean, like you said, you still love this movie. I'm assuming you still recommend this movie. Yes, this is my favorite movie by Brian De Palma. My second favorite is Mm -hmm. Carrie. Okay. So, naturally, I'm going to say yes. I'm an early De Palma fan. I stopped fucking with him at Scarface. Scarface is very long. And I hate it. Do you really hate it? I have never finished it. I've tried to watch it five times. I get really bored. I mean, I love Petit King, just, Al Pacino, but it's just not for me. I must have just fast forward through all the... Like, I can't even get to the cocaine fun. I'm like bored wow. before I get to the cocaine fun. Wow. I mean, I don't even know what the cocaine fun... The movie is kind of long. It's actually not kind of long. It's like extremely long. <laughs> like, I made it an hour in and I was like, oh, no. I was like, that's why I think when it starts to get good, once he steals that woman's wife, or not woman's, once he steals uh, that man's wife. I made it that far, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm done. I'm going to tap out here. I'll come back. And it's been two years. At any point. It's actually kind of serious all the time. It's very serious and very great. It's not like fun, like, yeah, let's all do coke. It's like looking back behind you at every turn because you can't trust anybody and Bert could be listening in on your free spotify google home mini you don't know ah (laughs) i haven't put mine together (laughs) mine's still in the box because of this mine is also still in the box i'm actually (laughs) contemplating giving it to somebody for christmas me too because i watched this movie just like i don't want any of that shit in my house Um, well, I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's not really a movie that I, I mean, I don't know. I watched this twice. I was like kind of into it. And then I was kind of like, the fuck is happening? And then, like I said, the music kind of took me out of it. And then I was kind of like, for a movie about sound, you would think this would be like a little bit more like some care would be taken with 
the soundtrack, even though, like, my mom was like, who cares? <laughs> I was like, it does matter. Because it just was, like, giving me, like, melodrama at one point, And then it was giving me, like, heart, like, you know, quick-paced action movie. And I was like, the f- just, we're doing a lot. And I wasn't into it. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, eh. <laughs> so but, we got um, a hell yeah for me. Uh, and a, yeah 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 i was kind of of like i mean this is okay i don't know and then like i so what i i did this morning is i rewatched um the conversation i rewatched this movie and i was in there and like when i watched the conversation initially i was like i mean i don't know how i feel about this either i don't know how i feel about this but i you know i enjoyed i love the score for that movie I mean, I feel like it's done in a similar way to this movie in the fact that it's a man who does a lot with sound, only that job is more of like surveillance and sort of like private, not detective work, but like, like, you know, if you're, if you're suspecting your wife or whatever is cheating on you, he can go and and tell them and figure out, um, (laughs) I just thought of cheaters. Remember <laughs> <laughs> cheaters? Man. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> but you know, not as like cheap or whatever. But so yeah, but he's more of like, this is probably what the character would have been if John Travolta hadn't been casted, where he's an older guy. He doesn't like to be around a lot of people. He doesn't like anybody to know anything about him. His landlord ends up like opening his mail or something at one point, and because uh, she wishes him a happy birthday, and he was like, "How do you know my birthday?" And then he finds a card in his mail, and he was like, "I don't want you in my." He's like, "My mail will now be going to like a private PO box somewhere else," and and he doesn't want her to have a key. And I was like, "Well, that's not possible because you rent." <laughs> So, I mean, he gets embroiled in in some some fucked up stuff, too. And he feels guilty about having been involved, possibly, in in the murder of some people based off his surveillance work. And so, you know, there's a lot of similarities um, between the two movies. I was just like, I kind of like this one better. Like, I like the conversation better. Not that this movie isn't good. Just like... I don't know. Maybe I like the the the, the melancholy. <laughs> I mean, the jaded melancholy. One thing is, Gene Hackman ain't fine. So you got that working against Oh my it. god! So you cannot see. Oh my god! You got to look at Gene. I mean, Shirley from Laverne and Shirley is in the conversation. So you got that. You got, ooh, Harrison Ford. Ooh. A young pre-Star Wars. You got a young, a little fine, little tenderoni Harrison Ford in there. But again, Gene Hatman is not fine. So that loses points for the the conversation for me. I need you you to get a grip. (laughs) I need you to get it together. Get it together. (laughs) But the conversation is a good movie. I did watch that as well this week. And I did like it. Because yeah. that is 
like I love these types of movies because we are being watched. Oh my god. Especially if you're a guy who makes their name off of surveillance and being like your privacy and kind of 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 you know that's your wheelhouse you're kind of known in like those surveillance circles for being like the best in the business and like then, if you like, work nobody... for ring <laughs> work for who for ring <laughs> who is ring the doorbells and shit oh god <laughs> <laughs> I think those people just want to make money. <laughs> I don't think anybody who claims like nowadays to have any sort of privacy um, business or anything like that. Like, I don't I don't think they actually know anything about privacy or care much beyond selling your information to someone for the highest price. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that movie... I don't know. It it kind of went the, where I wanted it to go, where you really see like the true like paranoia. Because he already starts off paranoid, and then it just gets worse to a point where you're just like, oh, this is like to you know, to a level of no return. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed that movie. So if you are looking for a movie to watch that is like Blowout, um, it's a little bit on the slower side, I think. Um, but it's still really good, and that one is on the Criterion Channel's website. And it's on Prime. Oh, and it's on Prime. See? Hey! Is that going to be your recommendation for this episode? That's definitely my recommendation. I skipped ahead. I'm so sorry. No, it's cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, that's my recommendation. That one, I mean, I just bang with that one more. Okay. I, I feel you. I understand. Mm. Yeah. I think that I would recommend Clute for this okay, episode. That's the Jane Fonda one. Yes, because you get to listen to Jane Fonda, like, kind of talk a little, little sensual for a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And, like, this card that also has, like, elements in common with um, Blowout. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is like with the recordings and having someone be like a little bit obsessed with the recording and you have like a whole mystery involving it. Oh, I guess she won the best actress Mm -hmm. for this. She did that. Awards and shit like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're into the Academy or, or whatever. I feel like she deserved it. Yeah, I mean, I would like to watch. There's a bunch of these on. I feel like there's like five or six of these on the Criterion channel right now. Um, that all kind of deal with surveillance and things like that. But I, I mean, I only got to watch the two, like I said. So I hope to watch them before they get yoinked off of the the webs. You might have like. Six days, but we'll see. Listen, my brain only has so much <laughs> capacity for this stuff. I try so hard. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I feel like I've watched less movies this year than I have in the past. And maybe it's because my brain is just like, girl, we can't. <laughs> we can't. 
We are not built for this. It's all right. Love yourself. (laughs) Self care. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a recommend? I mean, besides Clute, I mean, um, I guess. Do we have any other neo noirs that we could give to the people besides my very long list at the beginning of this episode? Um, you listed the other one that I wanted to kind of recommend. Uh, which one was that one? It was Widows, which stars oh, okay. my actress mom, Viola Davis, whom I love uh-huh. a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'm oh, and one. I do have another one, and you also mentioned okay. this one earlier. And I okay. really honestly expected to hate it because I hate the star of it, but I actually okay. enjoyed it, and that was Under okay. the Silver Lake. Um, but I don't like Andrew Garfield, but I don't like him, but I enjoyed Under the Silver Lake because it was very weird. There was it is very weird. A very heightened sense of paranoia. Um I wanted to find out whatever mystery he was trying to find out a little more than he did. And I feel like that part was successful. And uh-huh. it was just an interesting movie to watch and it was an interesting experience for me because I usually avoid movies with actors or actresses I don't tip particularly care for because sometimes that shades my experience of the overall movie but that didn't happen at this point and I feel like the mystery itself was worth it because it was so weird it was weird so it was so weird it's a weird journey that if you have time something that we'd be into yeah (laughs) that's the other thing if you have time, watch it. And I also really did not expect to like it as much as I did because I don't like the other work from the filmmaker. So, who is that? It is the director of It Follows, and I hate It Follows. So, it was a real um, surprise. I mean, sometimes you just got to be like, okay, I'm going to take this journey, and, and sometimes and see like, where no, it leads me. We- we can never, we can never do this again. I mean, I do this with Brian Johnson all the time. Ooh. I'm just like, sometimes I don't know what to do with you, sir. And then sometimes I'm like, this is great. Love it. Mm. So, you know, taking risks. Yeah, just. <laughs> sometimes it pays off. Just living life, trying things. Yeah, I mean, I still don't like brick, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey. Um. Okay, well, I mean, if you want to follow those, by, or sorry, if you want to watch those, you should all tell us how it went. Yeah. We- and then definitely, I mean, you can be watching noir movies and neo-noir movies for the rest of your life. I feel like there's a never-ending supply. There's more so. than enough. Right. And there's more that we don't even know about there's so many movies on this planet <laughs> you could be working on one right now i mean i mean so many i i feel like we are the 2020s are going to be rife with neo noir movies specifically just because there's so much fucked up shit <laughs> 
so much to be cynical about. So many surveillance um, issues, issues with privacy, conspiracy theories. Um, the list goes on and on and on. It is. It does. Mm-hmm. It's. I'm. I'm really curious to see what the new decade will bring us. What art it brings us. What garbage that I consider art it will bring us. <laughs> I'm excited. <sighs> it's gonna be. Wait, does Prisoners count as new? No, probably not. Maybe Prisoners. That movie that I forgot I watched this year. <laughs> Oh my god! I forgot about so that. Good. That was a while, right? Oh my god! Prisoners was good. Every time I watch it, I'm like, "This is fact." I mean, they just bill it as a thriller. I don't know. You might be able to call it if you got like a jaded detective. Although you don't really figure out anything about him, but I don't know. That might be a stretch. Yeah, but I would still say watch Prisoners. <laughs> Stand and evil live. Okay, so I guess from there we should say like you know where we are, who we are. Yes, where you can find us. You have been listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. You can find us online at Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. You can also visit us at BlackGirlFilmClub.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere that um, podcasts are available. And you can also find us on Tumblr and on Instagram. That was very professional. That actually (laughs) surprised me. (laughs) Felt very, very official. We've been doing this for almost two years, y'all, and we have never been this official I was trying to do my, like, official kind of sexy lady voice. How, okay. How did it go? Oh, girl. Okay. I mean, kind of sexy lady voice. It's not really sexy. We probably <laughs> play it back. Okay. It's gonna be I'll like, bitch. I'll let you hear it and be the judge. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think we know what we're gonna do quite yet for uh, for Christmas. Or at least for December? No, not yet. We're going to open up our third eyes and let the universe pour into them and let it inform our decision. That sounds so fraught with danger. <laughs> let the universe inform our decision. I mean, I have some ideas. Yay! Some ideas. Yes. I'm sure these ideas will melt into one big idea that we will come to regret. Yes. <laughs> but what's a black girl film club episode without at least a smidge of regret I mean it wouldn't be us it wouldn't be black girl film club <laughs> our brand <laughs> our brand into the next decade and beyond mm, yes to infinity and be- oh let me not say that because we might get sued I forgot about Disney <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to be sued by Disney I don't have time <laughs> We already have the Scientologists that are going to come. Oh, shit. I forgot about... It's worth it for the wigs. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Soup cans. Boop, boop. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
If you see Britney running down the street with a white man's wig, that's, <laughs> that's exactly just picture exactly what you think it is. The scene from Precious, where Precious stood that I chicken, want, but it's just okay. me with a handful of wigs. Okay, the episode is over. <laughs> the episode is over. You need your internet access cut off. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> okay. We need to say goodbye. Okay, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>